everybody. I'm Melissa Bontek, and welcome to episode 47 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with the indie authors that you should be reading. It is Thursday, November 7th, 2019, and I'm dying to know what you're reading. So drop down to the show notes if you're on the podcast and click on that link, or I won't find it. And if you're on YouTube, you know what to do. I'm going to get right into this week's show because I am chatting with one of my favorite authors that I've been following for a really long time. And like I said to her, I've been doing this show a year and I had not interviewed her yet. I don't know why I hadn't asked her. I should have. I would have thought she would have been the first one. Maybe I was worried that she was, was uh, too busy. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm really excited to talk to Linda and we're going to get right to it and I'll see you after. Today I want to welcome Linda and I'm going to say her name wrong, so I'm going to have her say it. Can you say your last name? <laughs> it's Poitevin. Okay. But- most and people I'm, pronounce it point of it, and that's fine too. That's the way in my head that it sounded, and I'm not even going to try the other pronunciation. So let me read Linda's bio real quick. Linda is a writer possessed of both a light side. I can speak. Linda, let me try that again, is a writer possessed of both a light side and a dark one. On the dark side, she's the author of the Gregory Legacy, an urban fantasy series featuring a hard-as-nails cop caught in the war between heaven and hell. In her lighter moments, she writes the sweet and infinitely more hopeful ever after contemporary romance series. And when she's not plotting the world's downfall or next great love story, she's a wife, mom, friend, coffee snob, gardener, walker of a giant dog, minion to the itty-bitty kitty, an avid food preserver, you know, just in case that whole zombie apocalypse thing really happens. So <laughs> welcome, Linda. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's good to finally meet you. I, I think I read, I started with the Ever After series, and I think I read the first one about six years ago. Okay. Did it come out that long ago? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I was in, I think I was in Key West, and I was in, I left, been out of Key West five years, so I think I was in Key West when I read the first one. Okay. So I was there 2012 to 2014. So I I read several of those, and I kept meaning to read a Gregory book, and it was on my list. And you know how it is with your your Kindle's just so full of books, and then, um, (laughs) yeah, and then I I follow I follow you online, and uh, you were chatting about getting them back and redoing covers and things. And I said, okay, I'm going to finally read one. So um, I'm having a great time reading it. I was at Disney World and I'm standing in line looking at my phone, <laughs> reading books, reading your book as I waited um, for, I think I was in Toy Story Land that day. So as we were, as we were standing in line, we went up for uh, the opening of Star Wars Land. Oh. And then we ran over real quick to stand in line at Toy Story because there's like nobody there. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit envious that you got to go and see Star Wars land. <laughs> oh, it was fun. You know, if you're a Star Wars fan, I would recommend it. Yes. It, um, it, I wish they had used characters though, that most people were familiar with. Okay. You no, know, I mean, I, I really know the first one really well. It came out when I was 13 in 1977. Yes. So it was really a, turning point in my life when I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. Right. And so uh, it really meant a lot to me. And the rest of the movies just eh, kind of pretend they don't exist. Okay. So they really don't do much for me. And I, I apologize to everybody who's a Star Wars fanatic. 
Um, and it's great if you love all of the other ones. I mean, I don't even like The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I just, I know, I know. I'm a terrible, terrible person. But we had a blast. We got to be on the Millennium Falcon. I got a picture all by myself sitting at the chessboard where Chewbacca played with, uh, with C-3PO. Okay, that's pretty sweet. That yeah. is. And they let you, that, that first, for that first opening day, they let you come in and wander around as long as you wanted to inside the Millennium Falcon. This is like, they opened it at four in the morning and we were in line starting at 3.30. And so, <laughs> and I don't remember what time we got in there, but for those, those first moments, you know, you got to be in there. And, and, and if you're looking at things, you can accidentally set off an alarm and then you got to figure out how to shut it off. So that was interesting. So if you're going, try to figure out how to set the alarm up. Somehow you, you, as you go in to the left in the back, I think that it was somewhere back there, but I, I was like, what's going on? That's a really loud noise. And uh, it was fun. And, and your experience on the ride depends on the quality of your pilots. Okay. <laughs> so it was a lot of hitting every single thing in space. <laughs> So, and I was so happy to be there. I just giggled and hooted the whole way through and I just had the best time. And then we got a pilot, I think we went on like four times and we got a pilot who actually was good, but he said, I'm drunk, I'm really good. Oh. <laughs> so that was the secret. Oh my God, they, he, and his, he and his friend were amazing. They didn't hit anything, but it made it really boring. Wow, wow. <laughs> So, uh, so if you can go, you know, if you can go wait till after Rise of the Resistance opens, that opens December 5th. Okay. So yeah, my husband and I will be back up there. We're going up to be there as it opens and, you know, rush the gates and run over to check it out. Um, he's a huge yeah. Disney freak. So, um, okay. yeah, well, so everything, yeah, yeah, everything that's, that's different and, and changed, we have to run up immediately and, uh, <laughs> we're not too far away. So, well, so that's, that's good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So plan a trip and uh, you can, because didn't your husband retire? <laughs> that, that's funny. <laughs> My husband, I dropped him off at the airport for the fourth time in the past two months yesterday. He's gone back to, he's in Tunisia right now. So he is a, um, a consultant in anti-corruption. So yeah, uh, I think I see less of him now than we work to know full time. <laughs> Oh jeez! Oh, <laughs> so he didn't he, joke. He really didn't take well to retirement then. <laughs> no, no, retirement lasted all of two days before he started the next job. So, but on the <laughs> other hand, he would drive me nuts if he was around the house doing absolutely nothing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I totally understand that. My husband is. This is the third time he'll be retiring in two weeks. <laughs> okay. See, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> So in my first words out of my mouth after good for you were, I write from eight to 12 every day. So don't bother me during that time. Right. Well, I, the, the plan was that we were going to share a home office that lasted all of about two weeks. And I just moved out because um, yeah, it's a huge room in the basement and he spread out all over that thing. And he had boxes he'd brought home from his former job. And yeah, no, it's now his office. And I have a writing desk in the guest bedroom. Oh, That's mine. And I go down to the coffee shop most mornings because I find I write better there without the cats interrupting. 
Oh yeah. 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 And if you follow Linda online and, and we'll talk about this later in the show, she talks about itty bitty kitty who I thought was a male for so yeah, long. Yeah. Itty bitty is our little princess. She's our only female. And then we've got the, uh, our older boy is George and he is 10 years old now. 10, 12, somewhere. I think he's 12. Uh, and then we've got my ginger boys. And they're, they're so both cute. young male cats, and they are so funny that we just love them to death. And then I've got the giant dog, and he is 10, and we also have a uh, bunny. So that's right. Yeah. How does that work? I mean, does he have a does he have a yard? Does he poop in the house? I mean, well, he's got a we've got a cage for him, but he's a free range bunny. He comes and goes as he pleases, and he's litter trained. He he goes in and does his business in the cage. Oh. I didn't know you could litter train them. You can't, you don't, they kind of do it themselves. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I have no idea how to actually litter train a bunny, but they're very, very clean. So. Oh yeah. We used to have a puppy pig and, and that has been one of my favorite pets. She yeah. was the sweetest thing. And yeah, it took like an hour to, to train her. And then wow. we had a toddler that we could not potty train. Like <laughs> the pig goes outside. The pig knows where to go potty. Why can't you go potty kid? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So highly intelligent. Okay, so tell everybody about your series. You got the two series. Just start uh, with whichever one you want to start with. I have two series. I've got uh, my Ever After Romance collection. It's not really a series. It's uh, more a, a series of standalone books that are connected by characters. So we've got you know the characters that started off the series in Gwyneth Ever make an appearance in the, the the following books as well. And so yeah, that one and it ranges from romantic comedy in the first one to more of a romantic suspense in the second full length novel to more of a like well, I guess Abigail always has some romantic comedy moments, but it's more of a more dramatic, I guess. It, it, it touches on some really hard subjects like loss and grief and so on. And and learning to, well, learning to love, falling in love after, trusting that love can happen after. So, uh, so yeah, I've got that series. I, I have a standalone. Right now, it's a standalone. It's supposed to be the start of a, another series. I've got um, uh, Shadow of Doubt, which is a romantic suspense. And it's first in the Dexter Law Women series. And the second book is on hold right now because I've got another project that's on the go. It's a, a new urban fantasy series that's kind of just taken over my entire life because I'm having so much fun with it. Mm -hmm. um, and in the urban fantasy, of course, I've got the Grigori Legacy series, which was uh, the, the series that started my, my whole career, I guess. Um, Sins of the Angels was first published in 20, I want to say 2011. It might have been 2010. Uh, and it's the first in a series of four books about a Toronto homicide detective who quite literally gets caught up in the, the war between heaven and hell. She starts off uh, tracking down a serial killer. Turns out that he is a, a fallen angel who uh, has broken out of exile. And uh, so it's, uh, and there's a the hunky warrior angel that comes to, to look after her that they don't see eye to eye. And uh, it, it was, that series was a lot of fun to write and um, it's forever cemented my love for urban fantasy. Um, I love writing the darker stuff. My, my sister, after she read the, uh, the first, I think first two books, 
was a little flipped out at having, you know, spent however many years we shared a bedroom and not knowing that I had that side to me, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, the bedtime stories you could have told her. <laughs> oh, and I'm pretty sure I did. I, I, I probably wasn't a very nice older sister. <laughs> oh, they're not supposed to be. So, <laughs> right? We're not. <laughs> Yeah, as a younger sister, it's how you get prepared for the world. <laughs> exactly. I was helping. That was it. Helping, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the new series you're working on, are you going to publish one book at a time or are you going to publish multiple books? I mean, are you writing them all? That's what I meant to ask. Are you writing yes. them all before you publish anything or are you just kind of going to release as you write? I don't know yet because... Uh... There, there is an editor who has expressed an interest in having a look at the book when it's finished. Mm -hmm. So I will be sending that off to her. I'd like to get it out to her before Christmas. So I am really pushing to get this one done. And I have the storyline in mind for the next at least three books uh, with potential for a, an open-ended series to take place here. Oh, nice. That's, that's I know. good. I've never written one of those before, but this one is so much fun. They are, like, as a reader, I just want to go with those characters from book to book to book to book to book. And when you get to three, it's like, oh, come on. When's the fourth book coming out? <laughs> so, and, and as a reader, I love that. But as a writer, I'm like, okay, I'm writing the second and third book simultaneously right now. <sighs> and they'll come out. And then I'm moving on to a horror series. Right. <laughs> Because I love horror and all that great stuff. And I'm going to wait. Yeah, I'm going to wait to see if there's a lot of, if people want more of the, mm -hmm. that first series. We'll see. Yeah. We'll but see. you do, you, you need a bit of a break from them too, because I mean, you're, you're living and breathing and eating and sleeping these characters. Yeah. And yeah. And the, this, we're doing a, a my uh, a friend and I are co authoring a nonfiction series. Mm -hmm. There's six books, and it's really been a palate cleanser. And oh, good. it's been the month of October has just been, we had this idea and we talked about it for a couple of months, well, for like four months. And then in October, she said to me, I've got four weeks free. Let's do it right now. And I'm like, uh, I'm trying to finish the other two books. Okay. But, but we'll have six books done when we finish this. So it's been just like a crazy, crazy month. And yeah, for all my ARC readers for the next June Nash book who are waiting, sorry, it will be a couple more weeks. <laughs> Yeah. I'll let you know. So you're going to read for us today. What are you going to read from? I'm actually going to read. It's, um, I think it's one of my favorite scenes that I've ever written and it's from Forever Grace. And um, we have uh, Grace Daniels, who is, um, she has the, she's got her three nieces and a nephew and she's hiding out in a cabin in the woods and a, a new neighbor moves in next door, happens to be a police officer. And Grace has a secret that she doesn't want to share with him. And of course, he's a cop and he's all about finding out what people's secrets are. But he's also recovering from an injury. And so he is, um, he, he's high on painkillers right now and she's trying to get him back to his cottage next door. And I just, I absolutely love this scene. So, um, you sure it was wise to take two of those things? Sean swayed on his crutches, trying to bring one grace into focus out of the three before him. They weren't very cooperative. The instructions said one or two, he reminded her, them. He blinked twice, the three graces stayed, 
They sighed. Yes, but it might have been better to wait until you were home before taking the second, they suggested. Sean considered the idea. Then he grinned. Too late. You are so hammered, it's not even funny. He giggled, disproving the latter part of her statement. The Graces rolled their eyes. Come on, let's get you into the cottage before you keel over. I don't have a hope in hell of getting you off the ground in this condition. Then maybe you could just join me. He waggled his eyebrows suggestively. Then he frowned. Wait, he was waggling his eyebrows, wasn't he? Damn, he couldn't feel them. He balanced on one crutch and put a hand to his forehead. Shit, his eyebrows were gone. Fingertips encountered fuzz and he gave a gusty sigh of relief. They're still there, he told the Graces. They stooped to pick up the crutch that had fallen away from him. I'm not even going to ask, they muttered. Tucking it under his arm again. Now, come on, Wonder Boy, home and bed. He turned and nuzzled an ear. Is that a promise? The graces jerked away. Oh, for the love of, they sighed and regarded him narrowly. If I say yes, will you get your button gear? Oh, honey, you have no idea. Sean swung his crutches forward and followed them eagerly across the clearing, bypassing the graces and heading for the cottage. Race you. Slow down, Romeo. We'll never make it to the bed if you fall, remember? He scaled back his speed, but only a little. I thought I was Wonder Boy, he said over his shoulder. Tell you what, the graces reached out to steer him straight as he yawed to the left. You can be Wonder Boy and Romeo if you can get into the cottage in one piece. It took three attempts to negotiate the stairs. By the time he made it onto the deck, Sean's teeth ached from gritting them and his shirt was soaked with sweat. He paused at the top to catch his breath, waiting for the pain meds to compensate for the meat grinder he was sure his leg had just gone through. A gentle hand covered his on, on a crutch. You okay? He opened his eyes onto the three graces. This time, the middle one seemed more in focus, so he concentrated on her. That, he announced, is why I took two pills before coming over here. Bad? Very. Can you make it into the cottage? He studied the distance to the sliding glass doors. Four crutch strides, maybe five, assuming the meds hadn't skewed his depth perception as well as his inhibitions. He nodded. I can make it. All right, I'll go around and open the door. You aim for the bedroom. And you'll follow? Absolutely, the middle grace told him. I wouldn't miss it for the world. In her absence, he made his way across the deck and leaned against the cottage wall, forehead resting on rough cedar siding. He may have dozed off for a second because when the door opened, the door beside him slid open and Grace's sharp voice called out, Sean, he nearly fell off his crutches. Here, he said, I'm here. The Graces stepped out onto the deck. There were four of them now. Thank God, you scared the life out of me when I couldn't see you. Four graces were much better than three, he grinned. You care? Of course I care. I'd care about anyone in your current, current condition. And you called me Sean. What? Twice, he said smugly. Sean, because that's my name. Four sets of hands rested on eight hips, and the graces pursed their lips as they surveyed him. Wow, you are getting more blitzed by the moment, my friend. You don't usually do a lot of painkillers, do you? Nope, clean as a whistle. 
He pursed his lips to follow up with a demonstration, but only a sad, wet hiss resulted. He frowned. Hmm, that's harder to do than I remember. The Graces gave a snort of laughter. All right, enough is enough. We need to get you into bed to sleep this off. Bed, yes. Sleep? I don't think so, darlings. He stretched out an arm to snag the Grace nearest him, but they sidestepped in unison and caught the crutches he dropped. Sean scowled. Now there were four crutches too? That didn't seem right. Darlings? Plural? The Graces leaned in to peer at him, frowning. Just how many of me do you see? Oh, wait, he was still holding a crutch, so that was a total of five. Much better. Sean? He leaned against the cottage again. Hmm? How many of me do you see, Sean? Four, he whispered. Four beautiful, glorious graces. He lifted a hand, watched it morph into four, and stroked all the soft, deliciously smooth cheeks before him. Whoa. Woe is right. She caught his hand in hers and slipped the crutch back into it. Come on, sunshine. Let's move while you still can. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I had so much fun writing that. And that was based on one of my daughters. She'd had dental surgery uh, not long before I wrote this book. And I picked her up and took her home. And, and she was so high on painkillers. <laughs> and I, I just... It was very, very fresh in my mind when I wrote the scene, so I remembered exactly what it was like. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful when uh, our families are understanding when they, they or their exploits end up in books. As long as I'm careful and I name no names, I find, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, that, so that's Rome. Those are romance series. Now that yes. one's funny, but you do have, like you said, some of the romance books are a little darker. Yes. Do you find that the people that, um, that your audience is okay with that? Do you have people that don't want to read anything dark? They just want that light, fluffy romance. I, I'm sure there are some. Um, now, for instance, Forever Grace is actually one that is a little bit on the darker side, but I, I tend to write both the, the funny and the dark into the same book. Um, because even life, even when it's full of suspense and, and danger, still has its moments where you can find humor um, and find those lighter moments to share. So I... <laughs> I, I, I don't worry too much. I figure that the readers, mo most people are reading me because they really enjoy my voice and the characters. So they, they've followed me, a lot of them have followed me right into the, the, the dark urban fantasy. And I mean, if, you've, if you're reading the Sins of the Angels, you know that it gets pretty dark. Yes. It, it's not a light, fluffy book. No, oh, that's pretty good because that was going to be my next question. You know, you've got the two very distinct. You've got the fantasy and then you've got the romance. Mm -hmm. Is there a crossover? And I guess there is a crossover. You, you have readers that go from one to the other? I do, yes. Um, I do. Urban, yeah, well, I, I think a lot of us do. Um, I, I've separated the, the urban fantasy into, uh, I, I have a pen name that I write the urban fantasy under now because when I got my rights back from the publisher and decided to republish the books, I, I built a fairly strong romance audience for myself. And I, I wanted to make sure that I kept the, these other books at least a little bit separate so people weren't expecting the, 
the same romance they'd come to expect from me because that would have really ticked people off. I mean, there's a, a, a strong romantic, <clears throat> sorry, there's a strong romantic element that does run through the Grigori books, but they are not a romance, not by the farthest stretch of the imagination. Um, they love story, yes, romance, absolutely not. And romance readers expect their happy ending. They do. They do. They want that happy ending. And of a romance, right? You get your happy ending. Otherwise, it's a love story. It's not a romance. Yeah. And I think that's why, uh, even with um, mystery, I write mystery. And I didn't realize I wrote cozy mystery until all of my also bots are cozy mysteries. And I was told, you write cozy. And I said, well, okay, cool. Because I read cozy. There you go. Yeah. You know? So, but I want uh, to have a horrible, dark ending where everybody dies. So I'm going to also <laughs> write horror. So yeah, that, that I like that. I like that. Now, okay, so romance, it's not easy to research, but everybody's been in love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, your mind can go down the different tunnels pretty much un, without any aid. But fantasy, how do you research a fantasy book? It depends. The right way or my way? <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was writing the Grigori series, first of all, that series was supposed to be one standalone paranormal romance. That was what Sins of the Angels was supposed to be when I started off writing it. It did not go that direction. Um, about halfway through the book, there was a, a new character that put in an appearance, and that was Seth. And he practically took over the entire book. And I essentially had to pr promise him his own book if he'd just back off and leave this one alone. And I, it morphed into a series of four books. And I can remember when I found my agent for it, uh, I signed with her. And then she <laughs> sent me six pages of notes. <laughs> Oh on the edits she wanted me to do it I almost cried oh my <laughs> I read them and then I had to spend a week thinking about them before I could tackle the book and she was absolutely right because I had a really really strong story my, my characters were great my world building sucked and my world building sucked because I'd never built a world before um so that's when I started that okay I, I have the first had the first book had an idea for the second book and then the third, and I, I had no research to back it up. So that was when I started doing research. <laughs> and for, for that series, and for the one that I'm currently working on, research for me is, I, I, I think of an element that I think that I'd like to add to the story. And so off I go down the internet rabbit hole, and I find a whole bunch of things that you know, could work if I could just tweak them a little bit. And I pull little bits and pieces from here and there. Um, for instance, the series that I'm working on right now, um, there's a gargoyle. And I, I adore this gargoyle. I had no idea of the history behind gargoyles. When had they put in an appearance? How old was this gargoyle going to be? So, you know, I spent probably three hours reading some really fascinating stuff about gargoyles. I had no idea. Not a great deal of it is going to be in the book, but enough of it will be for, for it to feel real to readers, to, to, make, to bring this character to life. Yeah, so, so yeah, fantasy, I can imagine, would be dangerous to research. 
I mean, just because of time suck and just getting all the different little tangents. I mean, once you start researching gargoyles and you start researching church, the history of churches and the history of architecture, and then all of a sudden right. there's all this, all, I, mean, I can just imagine all this stuff that right. you get trapped into. So when you write, do you stop to research or do you give yourself a note? How do you handle not um, getting dragged away while you're trying to write? I generally, I generally stop to do the research, at least to answer the question that is most pressing. Uh, and then if I find that I'm going to need more, I'll set aside a day and I'll write down all my questions and I'll go find all my answers and then come back to the story. But um, when I'm writing at the coffee shop, I don't have internet on my computer, but I do have my phone with me. So I'll, I'll look something up quickly on my phone, uh, but I don't particularly like reading on my phone, so I won't spend hours on that. And oh, that's good. That, that's a little bit safer for me. Yeah. 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 But I, be even when you're writing uh, romance, uh, romantic suspense, there's a tremendous amount of research goes into it because I mean, like you've, you've got a, a job or a profession for your characters. You've got a setting that you need to know. Um, for, for me, police procedural factors heavily into my, my romantic suspenses and even the Grigori legacy. There's a lot of police procedural went into that. Now, my husband, when I was writing those books, was a member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. So he, and I mean, he's a 35-year veteran of the force. So I have a built-in resource and he reads all of my, my books and corrects me on, you know, the, the procedural parts and so on. We, we have really long drawn out discussions. Funniest thing was when I was writing the uh, Sins of the Angels and plotting out the, the murder scenes and so on, because she is chasing a serial killer. Uh, I can remember we were grocery shopping and we're discussing at length the forensics behind this murder and how you would hide the, the murders. And I realized that people were listening in. Uh. <laughs> 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 and I said to one woman, I said, no, no, it's okay. My husband's a police officer. And then I realized that didn't sound any better. <laughs> <laughs> then you quickly add, shh, or we'll get caught. And then you just go on with- That with, did not with, occur to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, getting the facts right, that's the one thing that I know that readers really will call you on. And yes. in, in the first book in my series, there's um, a crime scene. And I was trying to, I, and I have a police expert, a uh, retired police officer who right. reads, reads my stuff. And then he would come back and I would talk about the crime scene, this and that. And he'd come back, nope, 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 nope. And finally, I just had my, it's written in first person. So I just finally had my lead character close her eyes. And there you go. noises around her. I'm like, <laughs> I've had enough of the back and forth. And he's like, okay, great. Yeah. Well, I think that um, the, the temptation to write what we see on television is huge. And what you see on television is so wrong. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the constant thing from him was no plastic bags, no plastic bags for evidence. Never, never, never. I'm like, okay. Ah. okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, so, so whenever there's a crime scene, she's just either not there or her eyes are closed because she gets nauseous. And I do too. I, blood, I took my mom to get a blood draw yesterday and I had to go stand by the door <laughs> because she's 90. So she needs help. But I, I told the lady, I said, she says, you're no help. Because I said, 
blood makes me nauseous and thinking about it makes me nauseous. I have to, I have to look away. <laughs> she's on her own. So you just have to make sure she doesn't slide off the chair or anything. Oh, gosh, gosh. Okay, so how can people find you? I, I have two websites. I have one for my romance and that is lindapoitevin.com. And I know you're I'll have it spelled in the show notes. <laughs> Perfect. And the other is lydiahawkbooks.com and that's for my urban fantasy. I have newsletters that go out. Oh, and the first book in each of my series is free on ebook now too. So oh, you can fantastic. get for free and you can get uh, sins of the angels for free on kindle kobo nook and ibook so all right, that well, give me those links and i'll put those in the show notes also and uh if you're on facebook listeners i recommend that you uh follow linda because she posts pictures of itty bitty kitty who is the most adorable kitty in the whole world <laughs> and always looks just slightly annoyed <laughs> I think she's perpetually annoyed. Well, she does live with a lot of boys in the house. <laughs> she does. She does. <laughs> the only female. But, and then yeah. Giant Dog also. What kind of dog is Giant Dog? Giant Dog, uh, his mom was a husky. So, and she was like 60 pounds soaking wet. So we, you know, picked him out. He was five weeks old and cute as a button. And we brought him home. He was eight weeks old and probably twice the size he'd been when he was five weeks old. And we're like... Nah, he can't get that much bigger. And we knew that there was German Shepherd in him. You could tell from his coloring. But we hadn't counted him on was the great day. Oh, my. Right? Oh. And it was the, the, the kennel, the boarding kennel, where we, we board him when we we're away. And the, the vet had both. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great day. So he ended up being really tall. And he's 125 pounds. He's he's my gentle giant. He's a beautiful dog, but he's really big. <laughs> he's big. I love the photos when you're out walking. You're in Canada and you're in snowy country. So there'll be photos of him just frolicking in, in icy water. Oh, and I know. The forest. And uh, I, I had I had a, a large dog. He was um, a gigantic Labrador. Yeah, my husband is six foot, so he would stand up, not quite six feet, but my, the dog would stand up and chew on my husband's head from above. <laughs> but he would sit outside in the snow. Maybe it's something about big dogs. I don't know. We couldn't get him to come in. With Charlie being half husky, winter is his favorite season of all, so. Oh, so the husky, the husky I didn't know about. That totally explains it. So you need to follow. Well, I'll put a link to your Facebook page also because even if you don't want to follow her for her book updates, you got to follow her for uh, the itty bitty kitty and giant dog updates because those and are Sunday. I know. Let's and not periodically, <laughs> yeah, pe periodically people will say, um, there haven't been any itty bitty pictures lately. You need to post an itty bitty picture. I know it's really funny. Yeah, I, I am reminded to, to, you know, stay on my toes. <laughs> yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So what's coming out next for you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have the, uh, the first book in the, the new urban fantasy series that is, I would say, one third written. And I've got the romantic suspense that is half written and then shifted to the back burner uh, because I have an editor that didn't having a look at the urban fantasy that is my focus right now so yeah. in the meantime you know lots of itty bitty pictures and giant dog pictures and you know i hope wonderfully entertaining newsletters and and oh they are they are yeah oh, good. I'm glad. 
Yeah. So if people have time then, okay, if you're listening, I'm going to have links in the show notes and uh, you have time to catch up on the books. How many books have we got out now? There are three novels and two novellas in the Ever After series. There's Shadow of Doubt, which is a novel. And then I've got four novels in the uh, Grigori series. So it's a, so a total of 10. I think I can find my mouth is, I, if I'm mathing right, it's 10. <laughs> We'll go with 10. So you have plenty of time. Yeah. So you have plenty of time to catch up before the next book comes out probably sometime next year. Yes. Yeah. I I would expect it to be next year for sure. I'll at least get the romantic suspense finished and get that out. Yeah, (laughs) that sounds good. Well, I'll have all the links in the show notes and uh, thank you so much for swinging by today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Melissa. It's been delightful talking to you and getting to know you after all this time online. Yeah, you know, I've been, I, like I said, I've been following your stuff for years. And, um, and I thought, oh my God, I've never asked you to be on my show. I've been doing this a year now. I thought, how oh, wow. did I not ask you yet? That is so cool. And do you like doing it? You must. I mean, you've you been know, I absolutely it. love it because writing is so, <laughs> you're so isolated. Yes. And I used to write in public. Well, I couldn't hear. You know, I was functionally deaf for most of my yeah. life. So I had no problem writing in public. Now I can hear and I can't write in public. Okay. <laughs> Y'all are really noisy in public. Uh, yes. I have earbuds. <laughs> I have noise canceling earbuds and I've got my playlists and that that's my salvation. I couldn't do it otherwise. Yeah. And then conversations going on and I eavesdrop something fierce. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've, I've come up with stuff that I've written because I've listened to other people, but I also have my office finally set up where I've got these big two by three foot whiteboards and I write all my outlines on the whiteboards nice. and I have a calendar above that lists what I'm working on and what I've finished. And then I've got another whiteboard that I carry around with me that has lists of things. So as I'm writing, I want to write stuff down and then continue. Yes. I don't have to worry about it and I'm all set and everything. But I've gotten addicted and my chair. I've got this great chair. It's oh. got this horrible pillow though. See, it's got I have a pillow because it, it uh works. the back won't the back is leaned back, but it won't go forward anymore. Oh. I just bought it. And I tried it. So, oh, it goes back. I try it once and I couldn't get it to go forward again. Oh no. no. Oh. So I have this pillow, but now it's like I'm this little cocoon. Yes. And I'm sitting there and I, I, I went out and wrote for a couple hours the other day and I thought, nope, can't do it. Nope. I'm done in public. <laughs> done. But with NaNoWriMo, uh, I did put up a thing for my local chapter that I'm going to be out writing on Friday if anybody wants to join me. So I actually have to go out and write now on Friday. <laughs> but um, uh, for you. <laughs> they'll be looking for me. Yeah. And I won't be there. Because uh, I thought, well, it's nice to meet fellow writers. You know, mm-hmm. and and just so so you asked me why I was doing this or something like that, and I got sidetracked. But it's because of being isolated. And uh, I was chatting with somebody and thought, you know, your book is really interesting. I should tell other people about you. And I thought, well, I can do a thingy. And I I thought I'll do it as long as I'm having fun. And it's been a year. That's so, cool. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's 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 fun as heck. So <clears throat> I only miss a week here and there. Yeah. So not too often. Life. Exactly. Life. Okay. Well, uh, if you're listening in the car, pull over before you look at the show notes. And if you're (laughs) at your computer, you can go ahead and look now. And all of her links will be there because I'm going to get them from her right after this. And, uh, 
and that's it. That's great. And thanks for coming on. When you have the next book, come back and you can you can tell everybody about it and read an excerpt from it. That one's going to be so much fun. Seriously, so much fun. Oh, I can't wait. I can't, especially paranormal and fantasy. And if everybody dies, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people die, Melissa. It's all good. I got your back. <laughs> Fantastic. You are going to love the Grigori series because you get to book four. People die, I'd just say. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I'm reading, um, I'm, I'm in the first one. I think yeah. I've read most of the Ever After series, but I got to go back and look because I may have missed something. Okay. Um, but but yeah, the, I'm I'm in like I think the last third of that first one. Okay. So, Good. So, well, so, yeah. I hope that you keep enjoying it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, and I will let you get back to work. I'm sure you're right. You're trying to write. I will send you those links, and then Sounds I'm going to take a book for a walk. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks, Linda. You will find links to everything we talked about in the show notes. If you have a comment and you're on the podcast, click on the link in the show notes, and that will take you to a page where I will see it. And if you're on YouTube, you know you know what to do, and I'll find it there easy. That was an easy one. So uh, I'm not sure what'll be on next week. Somebody very fascinating, possibly me. I have a six book nonfiction series I co-authored that is gonna be out soon. And I might be ready to talk about that. We will see. And so I guess you have to come back and find out. And uh, in the meantime, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.